Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, and we are discussing the Giants' next matchup that they have on the season, which is the 2-2 two two Minnesota Vikings, who have some glaring issues as well as some pretty significant strengths, which we're going to take a look at. We're going to break things down offensively and defensively so you know what to expect on Sunday. So first things first, like we always do, offensive game plan how the Giants need to approach things. And the first thing when you take a look at this Vikings defense is the fact that they don't really have a weak point. Chris, is that statement true? I would say yes. They they have a really good defense. It's just solid from front to back. Yeah, really a, a defense that does not have any holes, any major things. And we, we were trying to come up with where was the attacking point? Where is the thing that the Giants need to use to their advantage? And every single position group seemingly is very, very good. Now, there's one potential guy that we could say is a bit of a weakness, and that's Trey Waynes. Yeah, and I don't even want to say that he's a weakness. He's just an averageness, I suppose it might be the word. It's not a word, but it's the closest I could come. Minnesota really does have a defense where they... They aren't the best in the league at any one thing, but they are solid in just about every category. They're definitely one of the most well-rounded defenses in the league, and that pretty much leaves Trey Waynes as the only obvious, I would say, avenue the Giants could exploit. Averageness is the perfect way to describe him because compared to Xavier Rhodes, He's, he's really not as good. Xavier Rhodes is a shutdown corner. He's incredibly talented, one of the best at his position. So on the flip side of things, Trey Wayne's decent player, hasn't really lived up the hype that people really expected him to, but still a serviceable number two corner. So I think that when you're looking at and evaluating the very minimal amount of weaknesses this defense has, it's basically looking opposite of Xavier Rhodes and trying to avoid him. Yeah, yeah. Even when Odell Beckham was tearing up the NFL, Rhodes was one of the few guys who was actually able to shut him down. So that really doesn't bode well for the Giants receivers. Uh, there are some things the Giants can do to kind of scheme separation. You know, if they get the right looks, they can use man beaters or zone beaters. They could use mesh concepts, which are hard for any defense to really kind of locked down but it's going to be tough sledding for the Giants on offense it really is going to be difficult because obviously no Odell Beckham Jr. in their arsenal so there's not really a major threat that can line up across Xavier Rhodes and play him competitively and come out with a a good game so realistically whoever Xavier Rhodes is playing across from probably will be not completely neutralized because they'll probably have opportunities to you know, move around and shift around, but they will probably be limited to not an incredible game, whether it's Sterling Shepard, whether it's Golden Tape, wherever they feel that they want to attack. So conversely, where is their biggest strength? Because they have a lot of strengths, they have a lot of good position groups, and a lot of elite players. What is their, their biggest strength? Pretty much everywhere else. <laughs> Yeah, we were talking before, we pretty much zoomed in on their front seven. They've got some really good linebackers. They've got some really exceptional defensive linemen. The Giants' defensive line, or sorry, the Giants' offensive line has their work cut out for them. Yeah, their linebackers are two of the best in the league. Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr 
being the two of them. And then you also look at their defensive line, game change type players in Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin, and then Linval Joseph obviously is great at plugging things up in the middle. One thing that you can be a little bit more optimistic about, though, I would say is that Nate Solder does do better against guys that aren't as quick and are a little bit heavier. So maybe he'll have an easier day because there aren't any real speed burners in this uh, in this pass rush unit. No, uh, Daniil Hunter is definitely their most dangerous athlete, and he really is an elite athlete. Six five, he's listed in the mid two fifties. He's got you know, great length. He's got a ridiculous first step. A good forty time. He does have that explosiveness to him. That is going to be a matchup to watch. Just Hunter against whichever tackle he lines up against. Everson Griffin, not not the same kind of athlete. He is a little bit more of a savvy veteran type player. That being said, and taking a look at how this defense looks, what do you think their approach needs to be when putting together their offensive game plan? I would say to start, try not to make as many mistakes as you did last week because this is not a defense that will let you get away with it. They will pounce on any mistakes the Giants make. If they give up a pressure, Daniel Jones better have his running shoes on. They're not going to be letting interceptions slip through their fingers. Probably not going to have any blown blocks to take advantage of in the running game. Yeah, I gotta say, Linval Joseph, nose tackles don't get a whole lot of love. The big guy in there is one of the best in the league. He is top three in the NFL, I would say, as far as just being a massive human being who just controls the middle of an offensive line. And he even has two sacks on the season. That's pretty good for a guy who does what he does at his size. Certainly a weapon as a defensive – or sorry, a nose tackle rather, which you don't really see often. I think another thing that's really important here is that we saw Daniel Jones make his first interceptions and major mistakes last week against the Redskins, and it was the result of him staring down Sterling Shepard, waiting too long to throw the ball, and assuming that he was going to make a play on it, ended up getting picked off. They cannot do that. Daniel Jones needs to be a lot smarter in his decisions. If guys are being shut down and locked down by Xavier Rhodes, he needs to be smart and look to the opposite end of the field or look for another route, his next option, um, even if it means just checking things down and dishing it out to Wayne Goleman. He needs to be smart. He cannot be too free with the ball. He can't just be throwing it and, and again, hoping that his receivers make a play on it, whether it's Sterling Shepard or Golden Tate in those situations. I think generally they should just be trying to spread the ball around. They should be trying to get as many different guys' touches as possible and just get get guys open in space. That's always worked for them. That's always been a um, a contributing factor to these victories is finding your athletes and getting them into space. Definitely, and that's really what Pat Shermer's offense is built to do. Of course, Mike Zimmer knows that because – Pat Shermer was his offensive coordinator for a year and a half. He has seen this offense up close and personal and coached against it basically every day for a year and a half in practice. The one thing they haven't really seen, which could be a little bit of an X factor in the Giants' favor, is that nobody has seen Golden Tate 
in the Giants' offense. The Vikings are very familiar with Golden Tate from his time in Detroit. Just him in the Giants' offense and with Sterling Shepard, a player he's, who is very similar to him, so how the Giants work the two of them in together could be a wrinkle that takes the Vikings a little bit by surprise. I'm not going to say it could be a huge game-changing edge, but it could be just one of those X-factors that gives the Giants just a little bit of wiggle room on offense. They finally have a full arsenal, so that's really going to be a huge impact in helping them because it's just been a gradual add adding back of different guys coming back from injuries, and now finally we get to see Golden Tate in full swing and out there and ready to play. So I think that's going to be an advantage, and it goes along with me talking about spreading the ball around. You have all these options. They're all available. They're all ready to play. You need to find ways to use them. You need to find them ways to get them to make those big plays, which is what you're hoping that they can do. Now, before we take a look at the defensive game plan, we're going to take a very quick commercial break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This Vikings offense has not been productive at all so far this season, and it seems like they've struggled immensely since Kirk Cousins stepped in and Pat Shermer left to go coach the New York Giants, where he currently is now. And it all really rides on Kirk Cousins, their lack of offensive production in the passing game, currently only averaging 169 yards per game, which is a disgusting number to look at in a modern NFL that is so pass-centric. Uh, that's tied for, not tied, rather, it's the 31st uh, worst offense in the league. So they're not good at all considering their lack of production despite having some talented players in Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Do you think there's a chance that they can be productive this, this game? Because the Giants have been willing to let some guys that are struggling have big games against them throwing the ball. I think it's possible. You know, we do know that... Kirk Cousins can be productive. He can be a winning quarterback in the NFL, but he can also be Kirk Cousins and just go through these stretches and have these games where it's, you just kind of look at it and go, ugh. But also, Minnesota has a really good wide receiver duo in Diggs and Thielen. Neither of them are particularly frightening as athletes. They are both the, the type of guy who just know how to get open and they know what to do with the ball in their hand once they get open. Anytime you have players like that, you have to at least be careful. The Giants cannot let them, or Kyle Rudolph, who has been a complete non-factor, get healthy. Personally, if I were coming up with a defensive game plan with, with this, I would keep up the aggressive coverage that we saw at the second half of the Tampa game and then last week against Washington. And do as much as possible to, to disrupt those receivers early and force Kirk Cousins to hold the ball. I think one that one thing that's really contributed to Kirk Cousins' lack of performance, and we talked about this before the show, is, and you just said it, is how much he's holding on to the ball. 
you pointed out that he actually has the longest time to throw, that he's holding the ball before he throws it in the NFL. And it's not like he has all that time given to him by his offensive line. He just actively chooses to overthink things, holds on to the ball, um, and maybe he assumes somebody's going to get open before he decides to throw it. And those things resulted in last week a significant number of sacks and also a couple fumbles additionally where the ball was knocked right out of his hand. So like you said, if they're aggressive in their coverage, if they're aggressive with their secondary and they're not allowing open lanes for Diggs and Thielen, it'll allow him to do what he does at his worst, which is hold the ball, overthink things, and then eventually get knocked down for a sack. It's kind of amazing. Cousins is the only quarterback in the NFL who is averaging more than three seconds to pass. That's per NFL Next Gen stats. Everybody else is less than three less than three seconds. And I'm not sure if he is just not comfortable in Kevin Stefanski's offense or if he is there's a disconnect somewhere along the way with Diggs and Thielen. But whatever it is, it's something the Giants need to take advantage of. And like I said before, they cannot let them have a get-healthy game. I think the disconnect with the receivers could be a contributing factor considering all this drama we've seen with the rumored trades and trade requests from Stefan Digg. And then additionally, the remarks made by Adam Thielen after the loss and their lack of ability to move the ball throughout the air. But I, I really, in watching him play, it doesn't even seem... It doesn't even seem like they, they have any major deep routes where they're trying to stretch the field. It just really looks like he's overthinking things. He's not being decisive, and he's just allowing himself to become a sitting duck. An offensive line can only block for so long, and they have not been able to protect him fully because of that. So the other thing that we we're going to discuss here is the major factor for them, which is their run game. They have one of the best run games in the league, and that can be attributed to Dalvin Cook, who is incredibly electric, incredibly talented. Chris, how do you think they can neutralize him? Right now, I would guess, start with an eight-man box. The way the Vikings play offense, even though it's not working in the passing game, does present some interesting problems for the Giants from kind of a nexus nose uh, game planning perspective. You need to stop Dalvin Cook if you're going to stop the Vikings offense. But stacking the box isn't hasn't been a great way to do it. He is the number two running back in the league in terms of yardage. He's only one yard behind Christian McCaffrey. He's averaging 5.8 yards per carry, but he sees eight-man boxes all the time. He sees them almost almost a third of his runs have been against an eight or more man box. So stacking the box hasn't really neutralized him. And once you get him in, or once he's able to get into space, he just chews up yardage. Something else I noticed while looking into the Vikings offense is that Cook is averaging uh, 1.68 yards of open field running, which doesn't sound like much until you realize that last year the Giants were number one in open field running and Saquon Barkley was averaging 1.60. Cook has actually been more consistently explosive in the open field than Saquon Barkley was last year. So I think the only way to neutralize him is for 
the Giants' defensive line to do their best to own the line of scrimmage, which is tough against one of the best run-blocking offensive lines in the NFL. Minnesota's offensive line is only slightly worse at run-blocking than Dallas's is. And then just try to tackle Dalvin Cook securely. He's going to get yardage, but you just can't let him break off big runs. It's really going to be a tall task for this Giants defense trying to stop him. And you you painted this big picture for us, which is they have a very good run-blocking offensive line, and they have a very, very explosive running back. And it, it almost makes you question how they haven't been able to put it all together and how this offense isn't humming because they have a diverse weapon group because you have a good tight end in, in Kyle Rudolph. You have two good receivers in Diggs and Thielen, and you, and you have Dalvin Cook playing right behind him. Some of the blame, obviously, is going to be put on Kirk Cousins, but it ultimately makes things so complicated for the Giants because if they try to overcommit so much to stopping Dalvin Cook, that could maybe somehow open things up for the passing game and allow Kirk Cousins to have a big game, which he has not had this season. I understand that you approach the avoiding having too many eight-man boxes because it's not really working, but right now the Giants are really thin at linebacker considering the injuries that they've dealt with. It might really be their only option. Um, maybe the best approach would just be keeping that box heavy on first and second down, um, maybe trying to change some looks up and, and, and trick them a little bit and just not making things easy for them. The Giants' lack of depth at linebacker is one of the things that makes this such a intriguing, I think, matchup for them defensively because they might be forced to go against some really deeply established wisdom in not just the NFL, but football in general. And that is when the offense goes heavy, when they use a heavy set, the natural response for a defense is to use a heavy defensive set, a heavy personnel set. You know, lots of linebackers, big defensive linemen, and not too many defensive backs. But the Giants right now have a lot of defensive backs, not very many linebackers. The Vikings actually use the most heavy personnel of really any team in the NFL. They use the second fewest number of three receiver sets. They're only behind the Arizona Cardinals there, but that's because the Cardinals don't waste time with three receiver sets. They play four receiver sets. The Vikings use the most two tight end sets in the NFL and the second most two back or 21 sets in the NFL. They're only behind... San Francisco. So the Giants are going to be sorely tempted to load up and use a big personnel set, but they might be leaving their better players on the sideline if they don't, or if they do do that. And they'll also be sacrificing a lot of speed, which could be used to help kind of catch and contain Dalvin Cook. It's worth noting that obviously last week he did not have a good performance against the Chicago Bears, but they have such a good run defense, only allowing 35 yards to him. But it's worth noting his best performance came in their other loss to the Green Bay Packers, where they only scored 16 points, but he still managed to have 154 yards rushing and 37 yards receiving and one touchdown. So maybe, and this is not going to sound like a, you know an intelligent game plan, but maybe the approach to stopping him is not being so focused on trying to stop him. If they only run the ball, and that's essentially their effective part of the game. And if they hit that 150-yard mark, as long as they do their job 
defensively in the secondary, maybe that's their way of slowing them down. It's just it's such a quandary trying to figure out how to stop him because no one has really been able to besides the Bears, and that's because they have the personnel to do it. Yeah, and that actually goes back to a defensive game plan that's in the Hall of Fame, which the Giants used against the Buffalo Bills back in the Super the Super Bowl. You know, uh, let them run the ball. Let them run the ball. Don't let them throw the ball. Now, the Vikings are definitely not running the K-Gun out there. But yeah, maybe just let Dalvin Cook have his yards and try to exploit Kirk Cousins as much as you can. Yeah, maybe the focus needs to be just not allowing him to break off big explosive runs and having long touchdowns, which he's very much capable of. But if he, you know, if he gashes you for eight or so yards here and there, which is essentially what happened against the Dallas Cowboys in which they were able to be effective. Obviously, they still had a full linebacking group, but still, that was how they game planned in trying to prevent Ezekiel Elliott from having a big game. They were obviously facing a better a better passing game so maybe just trying to limit him from those big rushes he's going to get the occasional 10 yard rush but if you can keep him with below a you know a 15 yard rush or less if he racks up all those those yards over the game you know and he doesn't put it put himself in a position to score that might really be the the best approach to potentially stopping him so Chris after all that we've just discussed what needs to be their game plan defensively? I think we kind of just hit it on the head. We, The Giants, I think, need to A, rely on their secondary to make up for their the injuries at linebacker and then try to force Kirk Cousins to win the game and just don't let him get healthy while doing so. Yeah, and going along with everything that we've discussed today is containing Dalvin Cook not allowing him, like I said, to have those big explosive plays and to take over the game. And additionally, if you are able to at least neutralize him a little bit and keep him from scoring any touchdowns in this game, just allowing Kirk Cousins to overthink things, being creative defensively, disrupting routes, disrupting their receivers and Thielen and Diggs, just let him hold the ball. He's going to get sacked. He's going to get the ball knocked out of his hands. He is not the same quarterback that we've seen from him in the past when he was with the Redskins. And you could argue also last year. Something's wrong with him mentally. Something is not working properly for him. Um, again, even if it's the you know the offensive play calling or if it's a disruption with his chemistry and the receivers. They just need to allow Kirk Cousins to throw this thing away. Yeah, and I think the one last thing is the Giants cannot let themselves look past Minnesota because after this, short turnaround and then they get New England. Yeah, two tough games that they're going to have to face off against because short turnaround, like you said, that's not easy to have to battle against the Vikings in a game that they're going to need to be perfect on both sides of the ball if they want to win it. They then have to go play the New England Patriots. So do whatever you can to stay healthy. Do whatever you can to put yourself into a position to play well in both of these games. All right, that is going to be it from us, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. And additionally, go and follow the social media accounts at BigBlueView on Twitter, at Big underscore Blue underscore View on Instagram. Also, be sure to follow Chris and I on Twitter. I'm at Joe DeLeon, D-E-L-E-O-N-E. And you can catch Chris at RaptorMKII. Thank you for tuning in, folks.